0: Dear alumni and Princeton Seminary friends, I greet you from Lebanon and thank God for the opportunity of meeting virtually. I was hoping that I will be able to visit our seminary and to meet friends and remember the wonderful days and experience. But the coronavirus did not allow that. My time at Princeton has shaped my life and shaped the life of my husband as well who is also a graduate from Princeton Seminary. We got engaged and married at Princeton and returned to serve the church in Lebanon and Syria in 1990. We serve now with the National Evangelical Synod of Syria and Lebanon, which is the Presbyterian Church. I thank God for this opportunity of reflecting on my experience at Princeton and my journey that I have been through which helped open the door for the ordination of women in the Middle East and empowered the role of women in leadership as the president of the World Communion of Reformed churches. I'm happy to say that my experience at Princeton had a great impact on my life. I was born in a Presbyterian family where my father was an elder in the church. I lived in Lebanon in a Middle Eastern context my parents were active members in the church, but I can say I was raised in a special way where, as a woman, as I was respected, treated equally, and had the freedom for making decisions. I can say that my parents did not discriminate between a woman and a man. We were a family who dared to swim against the current. This experience gave me confidence and and appreciation to be a woman. I believe the model that my parents presented in, in our home shaped my perception of who I am as a woman in the midst of a society where fathers or mothers are called by the name of their first son and even strive to have a boy to keep the name of the family, as they may say, in the midst of patriarchal society. I was raised in a non-patriarchal way. My family taught me to value the way God created me and to use my talents in the life of the church. I was a pretty active member in the church and became a youth leader. I believed that God could use my talents and this led me to start my studying at seminary in Beirut and became fully involved in the ministry of the church. My call to serve the church became more clear day after day. I I applied to study at the Near East School of Theology in Beirut in the area of Christian education. At seminary, I discovered that lines were drawn carefully between men and women. There were specific chores required from women in our life at seminary, not required from men. But there were even programs that women could not enroll in. Women were not allowed to enroll in theology programs, but only in Christian education. When I met the president of the seminary at that time in Beirut, and I discussed with him the possibility of studying my MDiv at NEST, his answer was, this is not possible for a woman. That urged me to leave Lebanon and to apply to Princeton Theological Seminary and to be enrolled in Masters of Divinity program, which was not then open in the seminary in back home. I thank God that this is not, no more the situation now at the Near East School of Theology. And even they had a woman president. Despite the good experience that I had at NEST, but it was a place where I discovered that women do not have an easy road in serving the church. And women felt many times as second-class citizens. The trip of challenging the structures started. At Princeton, I was exposed to a new understanding of ministry of the church and new roles that women have in the life of the church. I grew to learn and enjoy the talents of women through my fieldwork education. I recognized the blessings that God could bring through women to the life of the church. I finished my studies at Princeton Seminary and some people encouraged me to be ordained in the West, in the US, and go back home. I insisted that if I were to be ordained one day I want my people to do that. I finished my studies at Princeton and returned back to Lebanon. I was assigned to be the director of the Christian Education Department in the National Evangelical Synod of Syria and Lebanon. I started to serve in the head offices of the church, happily. But then I asked the church, what category I am considered with? Am I considered with pastors? or secretaries in the offices. After a difficult debate, the church decided that I am in the category of pastors and they decided to give me a preaching license, which is one step towards ordination. I remember one pastor threatened to leave the church if this happens and then changed his mind. I started as the first woman preacher in 2003 And then, four other women became preachers. In 2017, the ordination of women started in the National Evangelical Synod of Syria and Lebanon. And today, we have three women ordained in Lebanon, and one will be ordained soon in Syria. Despite the fact that the Presbyterian Church was historically an agent of change and reform in Lebanon and in the Middle East, in educating women since 1835. The Presbyterian Church was the first to educate women at a time it was shameful for women to go to school. Now it is shameful for women not to go to school. Today Lebanon and Syria enjoy good number of educated women due to the ministry of the Presbyterian Church then. I am happy to say that Princeton Seminary had an important role in this step in opening the door for a Middle Eastern woman to study theology that contributed to change in the Middle East, to start the journey of justice lived in the church. My journey continued with the work of the World Communion of Reformed Churches in 2017, The work of the communion focuses on being called to communion and committed to justice. Relating our faith to the work of justice is central to our ministry and our role as the world communion of Reformed churches to witness in the response to the imperative of the Accra Confession and call for an economy of life. In the last year, we have seen the world shaken by COVID-19 pandemic, which led to lockdowns worldwide, closed borders of countries in the midst of changed reality around the world, confrontation with daily death and pain, the collapse of church life, marginalization and exclusion that hardened structures of injustices. The pandemic situation had opened our eyes to many challenges and realities and revealed the injustices that surrounds the world, whether it is the social, political and economic. It exposed inequality, exploitation and oppression that are rooted in an economic system and systems that exploited the dignity of people, where healthcare and other fundamental rights are only available to those who who can afford it. Almost everywhere, the vulnerable, poor and marginalized are the most affected by the diseases and by the measures of disease control. The world today is facing a crisis and as alumni today, we could not meet Because of this crisis. Still this is a special time where crisis could become an opportunity, where in the midst of our pain and struggle we see hope mainly because God is with us as we strengthen one another. Today we meet as alumni to recognize that with equipping all experiences that we gained at Princeton We have a timely experience that is shaping us today. It could be Corona 101 course that we never imagined that this will happen through our ministry. This is a time where the new reality is teaching us how to have impactful presence in every place that hurts, where a justice-centered response is timely. Today is a moment of Kairos as well, where we are called to act, to be prophetic voices, and strive towards healing the world from the long-lasting injustices that even a vaccine will not heal. It's a Kairos moment in our understanding as churches and seminaries, and to be the church in the public square, reflecting the presence of God in spite of difficult times to dream of new alternatives and see visions of a reality based on justice. As a communion, we started the discerning process around how did the coronavirus impact us as churches and as a communion as a whole? What does the Lord require from us? We are hearing the stories from regions and the new shaping that challenges the witness of our churches. Even when the coronavirus is behind us, I believe we will not return to be the same church. We are now in a process of being shaped anew. As churches in the Middle East, we are faced today with new questions related to faith and witness, due to the war situation, economic crisis, and, above all, the coronavirus. The challenge of how to be the church of hope in the midst of all the struggle is a key daily challenge. We are challenged to be an impactful church that makes a difference in the life of the struggling around us, or to become an indifferent church. In the Middle East, we discovered That to be the church of hope is to have a lifestyle that reflects Christ. At graduation at Princeton Seminary, Fred Craddock, the well known preacher, surprised us in his sermon titled The Last Temptation of the Church, saying that the church will die. We were surprised with such a message and such a title as graduates heading to start our ministry in the church. What a discouraging message after so many hours of paperwork, classes, and enthusiasm to serve the church. Then he says, if the church is to be in the steps of her Lord, she has to die with him in order to resurrect with him. To be the church of hope. Is to be the church that is ready to empty herself till the death like Christ to die then to resurrect this message has been with me as i left princeton and in every time i felt the pain the discouragement the church will die to be like her lord but then to resurrect again to be the church of hope is to live in the steps of Jesus. One day, a pastor from Syria living in Aleppo shared with me how his lifestyle has changed drastically since the war in Syria started. He said, I used to spend several hours in preparing a sermon, and now I spend my time providing food for the hungry families and getting gas for the stove of a woman who did not feed her children for days, or provide water for families. He said, I never expected that my lifestyle could change like that. To live in hope is to be open to be disciples who are ready to change their lifestyle, even when that could mean to pay a price and to get out of our comfort zones. To be the Church of Hope is to go outside the walls of the Church. One of the challenges that we face today in understanding mission is the urgent need for the Church to go outside the walls. In the last years, our Church in Lebanon started a new ministry, opening schools for Syrian children refugees who were left on the streets with no education and with the threat of abuse. Going out to the streets and tents and bringing children from refugee camps transformed drastically our understanding of discipleship. It was a time where the Presbyterian church discovered a new way of becoming the church, where the refugees around us taught us anew how to be the body of Christ in the world today. The world will not believe till we are ready to reach out and get out, even for sh- strange zones that could shake us. I remember our youth who were on the streets on uh, August 4th after the explosion in Beirut, helping the families to collect the shattered glass and to share their food. It was a new experience to them that shaped them, a new zone that taught them to be the church of today. The Church of Hope is a church that's challenged to present a paradigm of reconciliation. We are called not to talk about reconciliation, but to live it. The church focuses on calling the people to be reconciled with God and be reconciled with each other, unless the church presents this paradigm of reconciliation. Reconciliation between men and women, poor and rich, old and young, Christians and non-Christians, and many other aspects that bring hostility to the world, then our mission as a church is weakened. The mere fact that reconciliation between God and humanity was made real through the cross, then we are embarrassed every time that we do not live up to the reconciliation model that Christ presented in his life and death. Today, the world is divided with many walls that are built due to the coronavirus. We are now in a culture of distancing where to love your neighbor is to be away from her or or her. Our values And the way we live are changing. We are challenged to have a new imagination, to be part of a better tomorrow. As a church in the Middle East, we have struggled for long with divisions, wars, economic war, and lately, Corona. One of our daily worries is peace. The daily instability and interruptions paralyze our efforts for ministry, planning and progressing. This situation has led many Christians to leave the Middle East. The number of Christians who are leaving the Middle East is a serious phenomenon that deserves the world's attention. We are afraid that the Middle East will be rendered to a historical site where Christians lived before, a place to see the stones rather than the living stones. Rooting Christians in this part of the world is a serious challenge to us as Middle Easterners and to the world. And staying in the Middle East is a strong commitment for the journey of reconciliation and peace. Stability and peace remain the daily bread that we hunger for. What's happening today in Syria, Egypt, Iraq, and other places in the Middle East and Lebanon adds to the confusion that the people are scared. People are scared of fragmentation, division, even among the same religion. Reconciliation is urgently needed. To be the church of hope is to hold to any tiny possibility we have. When a story is told about a Christian family that was persecuted because of their religious belief They were hiding. Despite their difficult situation and the risk of being caught, the father gathered the family and insisted to have a worship for the family. Being in the dark, he called the family to light a candle and he used a piece of butter that he had around the house and lit it as a candle. And they prayed together with his family. The son looked at him and said, Dad, this is the last piece of food that we have. And here you are using it as a candle for worship. The father said, my son, if we do not have food, we can live for some weeks. But if we lose hope, we lose everything and we die today. The world is struggling with lots of pain, even when we use our last piece of butter to speak about the hope to come, to put all our resources to be the light for those who feel that all is around them is discouraging and painful. To use the last butter, to use the tiniest resource we have as a sign of hope is our daily goal. Today is a special day for us as alumni of Princeton Seminary. And to be a graduate from Princeton Seminary, it's a responsibility and a privilege as well. It's our responsibility to connect as alumni, to join hands in the process of healing the injustices in the world. It's a time of coming together and discovering what does the Lord require from us. Our challenge today is to remain alumni of hope for a better tomorrow. Thank you for this opportunity. And I still hope to meet face to face one day. Stay safe. Keep the hope. Amen.